In the name of one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's possible, to, as I begin today, the, the film I reference, it's possible uh, if it somehow might have escaped your attention back in the 80s. It was an 80s um, sci-fi movie. It was one of those, it was so bad, it was good. Um, the Adventurers of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Um, ring any bells? Um, per- perhaps, perhaps not. It was um, very plausible. Um, he was a neurosurgeon slash physicist, scientist, um, rock star and, and periodic defender uh, of Earth uh, from aliens from the eighth dimension. And um, surprisingly, it was not a critical success, um, but uh, there's one particular tag phrase uh, from that particular movie that I remember, and this is, um, this is particularly deep. You might want to get a pen out. Um, there's a, a moment in the film when he's in rock star mode and he's playing in this club and he, he notices that there's someone out there in the crowd that's sad and he stops uh, the set and says, who's crying, who's sad? And they turn the lights uh, out into uh, the audience and there is a girl by the name of Penny Pretty and she's down to her last nickel, she says, and begins to share her tale of woes to the jeers and the condescension of the crowd which is gathered. Uh, And then he says um, these words, and I quote, um, hey, hey, hey now, don't be mean. We don't have to be mean, because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Um, So, shall we pray? Um, No matter where you go, um, there you are. And, And I share that with you as we begin to Uh, look at and explore what we've heard just a moment ago from Genesis, that uh, tale uh, of Jacob and his wrestling with and his running uh, from God, his dealing with the fact that no matter where you go, um, there you are. And as we explore this morning that story of, of Jacob and God's encountering him and what it says about the character of God, And what it says about the character of God in relationship with you and with me, it's important to have some background before um, we begin. And and we might say that the encounter that we heard uh, just a moment ago began 20 years ago, 20 years before, but realistically it's something which went back to birth itself. And perhaps you remember Jacob um, was a twin and his brother, his twin brother was Esau, although As far as twins go, they couldn't be any more different, both in appearance, in disposition, in character. And their names uh, have meaning, Esau uh, and Jacob, the sons of Isaac and Rebekah. And Esau literally means hairy. Um, He came out and he was your man's man. He was uh, was your hunter. He was uh, the man of the fields. His father loved um, Esau and adored him. And Jacob's name literally means heels, um, snatcher, supplanter. And as they were born, Esau came out first and Jacob came out grasping the heel uh, of his brother Esau. And he was favored um, by his mother. He was, uh, we're told, uh, sort of was around um, the tents while Esau was out uh, in the fields. And you have this whole dynamic of Isaac preferring his son Esau, of Rebekah preferring um, her son Jacob. And Jacob was true to his name. He was um, deceptive. He was 
crafty. Uh, he deceived his brother and deceived um, his father to receive the blessing and the birthright that was supposed to go to Esau as the firstborn. Uh, we hear that Jacob, along with the maneuverings of his mother, um, deceived his father and he received the blessing that was supposed to go um, to Esau. And then word came. Uh, Rebecca uh, was told that Esau was consoling himself out of that which he'd been that which had been taken from him. He was consoling himself by the fact that once his father had died, that he was going to kill um, his brother. Uh, and then Rebecca um, came up with this whole idea. Had to get Jacob out of there and went and said to Isaac, "You know there are no good women here in Canaan. Um, you need to send him away." Um, to my brother Laban where he might find a wife for himself. And we hear um, that Jacob begins to flee uh, from his homeland, begins to flee to the land of his uncle um, Laban. And that's um, where all of this begins. But even before we get to the point um, that we read from a moment ago, we see that as Jacob flees uh, for fear um, of his brother, Uh, As he goes away, you might imagine that as he stops for the night, he is racked um, with guilt. And that if he sleeps, it certainly is a fitful sleep. But that's not what we're told. We're told that gathering a stone um, for a pillow, he lies down and begins to dream. And as he dreams, he has the most amazing um, vision. It is a vision of angels uh, descending and ascending Um, to heaven. And not only is this tremendous um, vision given to him, but there are also words of encouragement which are spoken to him by God himself, where you might expect um, rebuke, where you might expect a guilty conscience. There are words of assurance which are given to Jacob. God speaks these words, and you and your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. So amazingly, um, rather than rebuke, rather than condemnation, Jacob receives these words of assurance as he goes forth. And he spends 20 years uh, with his uncle Laban, a a character similar to himself, and they attempt to sort of uh, outmaneuver one another until God speaks to him once again uh, and leads him home. And that's where we find ourselves this morning in the portion which we've read. God uh, leading Jacob home um, to his homeland, to his country. And as uh, he comes home, we hear that Jacob is a wealthy man. Wives and children and flocks and possessions. And he returns home a wealthy man. Yet even as he returns home, he's not surprisingly anxious about encountering his brother after these 20 years. Will he um, forgive me? Will he not forgive me? How will the encounter go? But as it turns out, while he's understandably anxious about encountering his brother Esau, it turns out that his brother is actually the least of his concerns. For though he'd been running from his brother um, these many years, realistically, the one that he was ultimately running from was God himself. And we hear um, that as Jacob is returning home, uh, his character and his nature hasn't changed. He's still plotting. He's still scheming. He's still trying to manipulate and maneuver. And he divides his family and he divides um, his possessions. And he sends gifts ahead unto Esau to grease the skids, to prepare the way 
for when he will meet him again. And we hear that finally he's by himself and he's alone along the ford of the river Jabbok. And then suddenly, uh, from that place we hear um, that a messenger, that an angel, that a man comes uh, out of the night and Jacob begins to wrestle fiercely with him um, throughout the night. Buckaroo Banzai might say, no matter where you go, um, there you are. The psalmist uh, would say, Lord, where can we flee um, from your presence? And we see that there is this moment uh, of reckoning which comes as Jacob wrestles with this messenger, as Jacob wrestles with God himself. And we see um, that through the fierce battle, as the light begins to dawn, we hear that his hip um, is touched and his hip uh, is displaced. And we can imagine um, the searing pain which he experiences um, at that moment, and not simply the physical pain, but the realization as well, that though he wrestled, though at times he thought he was prevailing, at times he thought he would come out on top, the reality was, at any moment, um, he could have been undone. At any moment, um, he could have been broken. The one with whom he wrestled um, had held himself back um, until this moment. And there's a, a fascinating interchange which begins to happen. We see that now Jacob clings um, to this person and he will not let him go and he asks him um, to bless him. And he says, I will not let you go uh, unless you bless me. And then the question is asked to him, what is your name? And it's safe to assume that God knew his name. And yet there is something uh, amazingly freeing which happens. Jacob um, states his name, I'm Jacob. And of course, in, in saying his name, he's saying um, who he is and what he is. That which he had been running from um, those many years. I am um, the supplanter. I'm the snatcher. I'm the one who tries to manipulate um, and maneuver. And we see that in that moment of brokenness and also in that moment uh, of confession, and even though Jacob limps away from that encounter, we see that for the first time in his life, he is at peace. For the first time uh, in his life, um, he is whole. He is restored in a way in which he never was before. As he flees, uh, initially we see the grace of God working in his life by those words of assurance and by those words of promise. And at this moment, which we read from this morning, we see the grace of God at work and the brokenness which he experiences. Uh, the grace of God working uh, in his brokenness because it is in that breaking um, that he is ultimately led to God. It's ultimately that moment in which he confesses. It's ultimately that moment which he asks for God's blessing, that which he tried to steal and manipulate years ago, but that which must be received as a gift, um, he finally asks for, and he finally receives. And though he limps away from that encounter, um, he is whole for the first time, and we hear that he receives a new name. Uh, you will no longer um, be Jacob. Your new name um, will be Israel. God will um, sustain you. God will prevail for you. Is there anyone out there this morning um, that is in need of a new name? Are there any of us out there that have been running and grappling with God and trying to manipulate um, and outmaneuver? Is there anyone out there um, that knows uh, brokenness this morning? 
And the amazing news which we hear uh, is that the grace of God um, works through um, the family of Jacob and Esau and Isaac and Rebekah. This, uh, in many ways, um, sordid tale and yet a tale filled with the grace of God as God moves throughout and in the midst of that. And the word of hope is held up to you and to me as well of the relentless pursuit of God and his grace and his mercy seeking people like you and me. Um, that we might be people who come to him, that we might be restored, that we might be made new in a way which is only found in relationship with him. And of course, ultimately as well, it points to that great reality of God himself who comes forth into the world in Jesus, uh, who is actually broken um, for you and for me. By his wounds, um, we are ultimately healed. And we hear the grace of God um, goes forth. So I invite you as, long, as well as I invite myself, people um, who run and try to outmaneuver God, to come to him, the one who seeks us, and his love and his grace, that in turning to him and seeking him who first seeks and pursues us, we might know the peace, um, the wholeness, uh, the strength that is found in him alone. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that in your grace and your mercy you seek us. Your grace is showered upon us. Draw our hearts, our minds, our spirit to you, most gracious God. For in you alone is our wholeness and our salvation. And this we ask, this we remember in the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen.